Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 275th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Blogger. And folks, folks, it's good. It's good to be a Seahawks fan. If you're not singing New York, New York tonight, I don't know what you're doing. Pick your favorite, win- like... Big Apple song. You can go Sinatra. You can go Alicia Keys. You can pick whatever works for you because the Seahawks own that city, man. This was a dominant effort by a team that went up against just about everything you could possibly go up against in this game and came out not only on top but they just absolutely put an exclamation point on this game and they didn't just put one this is like someone fell asleep on the keyboard with their finger on the key there's 15 exclamation points there was at least 11 exclamation points on this game and and we'll talk about that uh this was this was a complete this is a complete uh, just dominating effort by the Seahawks defense, which is great. And we're going to talk about a bunch of things. I'm, I, I apologize. I just like literally just walked in the door. I was watching the, the game out at, out at a bar with some friends and ran home. Got to do this pod and another one after this. But uh, look, I was listening to the radio on the way home, listening to post game. And it drives me crazy. This is why I do this because I have my own opinions, man. And they don't match with a lot of the quote professional opinions. I listened to, I won't tell you who, but they were talking about, oh, the New York Giants offensive line is the worst offensive line. It's the worst ever. It's so bad. It's so bad. They literally said on this show, Daniel Jones would be a Pro Bowl quarterback if he was on another team. And I'm like, and then they go, and let's flip over and talk about the Seahawks offense. Why was the Seahawks offense so bad? People, people, do you understand the Seahawks offensive line came into this game with no offensive tackles? Their starting offensive tackles been out for weeks since week one. They had no offensive tackles 
of their starters in this game. They came into this game. They lost their two starting guards in this game. They had neither starting guard. So that's four of their five starters. If you're doing the math with me. And then they moved their only starter, Evan Brown, who was their starting center. And he played guard and they bring a rookie in to play center. Oluwatimi to play next to another rookie at guard in Anthony Bradford. So they literally had zero starters, zero starters playing at their assigned position on the offensive line in New York on Monday night football with a quarterback who got injured. And then they had a bunch of penalties, but like, are you serious? You're telling me, you're asking me, why Why was the Seahawks offense not so good? Yes, it was frustrating. The Seahawks offense should have put up a lot more points. The Seahawks should have won this game 40 or 50 to three, right? But folks, have some friggin' perspective. This is zero offensive linemen, zero starters at their positions in this game. And you, and you lose your quarterback. <laughs> And you win 24 to three. So I don't care. I don't care how it looked. I don't care what other people think. I don't care about whether Jake Curhan is not a good right tackle. Guess what? I already knew that. Like, I don't care about any of that. They found a way to put up 17 points on offense because seven of those points came in such a glorious way. And guess what? The defense set up the offense. Oh, they their, their touchdown, Geno Smith's touchdown was just a short, short field throw. Sure, off of a turnover. That's how football works. Would you have been happy if he didn't throw a touchdown on that play? Like, they scored a touchdown. It doesn't always happen. They did it. Drew Locke came in. Noah Fant almost scored a touchdown on a crazy play. Good for him. Good for Drew Locke. And then they scored a touch. Like, they did what they had to do. And folks, like... I, I just have no patience for any complaining tonight. Like this was a gritty, gritty, gritty win. And everyone in chat is already all over it. This was Devin Witherspoon's coming out. Oh, baby. Like, I just have to say, like the amount of Seahawks fans who just were so worried. Oh, my God, they're going to play him at nickel. That means... There was there was a certain uh, sports writer who who said, uh, "Yeah, they're playing him at nickel as punishment for <laughs> punishment for holding out." That was always such bullshit. That was never a punishment. Devin Witherspoon is tailored. He is custom made for the nickel slot corner position. He is an ideal fit there. My comparison, which I think is selling him short, but my comparison early, early, early on when they talked about moving him inside is Chris Harris. If you remember Chris Harris, this guy has been an all pro nickel corner playmaker. He can play outside. He, in his heyday, was one of the top cornerbacks in all the NFL, and he changed the game in the nickel. He was able to take away players that nobody else could. He was a handful. I don't think Devin Witherspoon needs to be compared to ever anybody. He is a hundred percent different 
than anybody else playing that role. And look, folks, we will talk. And I see all the super chats, and I will get to those. I so appreciate those folks. Uh, but I just have to continue my rant on Witherspoon here. He had a pick six, 97 yards or whatever it was. Oh, gorgeous, right? He had two sacks. And the first one, oh, that was gorgeous. Those weren't his best plays. Those were not his best plays. His best play, that run fit where he knocked that fucker back like five yards who was running full steam into the line. Witherspoon's like 120, dude. That guy's like, he is not a big guy. And he absolutely turned that back around. You will not see another player of his size in that spot have that effect on an offensive player. You will not see it again this season. That was a unique play made by a unique player. And he just kept coming and coming and coming and building and building and building until he had a masterpiece for us all. And so, I mean, that was... That was fantastic. I mean, that was everything I think we've wanted to see as a Seahawks fan from our number five overall pick. And in case you missed it, folks, in case you missed it, who's the first rookie of this class to have two sacks in a game? Doesn't play in Philadelphia. Doesn't play in Houston. Doesn't play for the Raiders. He plays for your Seahawks. Devin Witherspoon. First, he didn't even play the first week, I guess. It was the first week of the season, yeah. First week of the season. Um, and he's got two sacks. He's got a pick six. He was the best player on the field on either side of the ball. So, folks, what, what have we talked about on this show over and over again? What have we talked about? What do you need to win championships what do you need to win a ring good players help solid offense good oc all those things help scoring points good defensive line good pass like all those things help what do you need you need blue chip players you need elite players players that are the top at their position in the NFL, whether they're number one, number two, number three, you need all pro, all pro, not pro bowl. You need all pro guys that are the best at their position in either conference. They are the best at their position in the NFL. Devin Witherspoon has that ceiling. We all saw it now. I think I've been seeing it build. He proved it out there tonight. Everybody saw it. So now you have got, a you got one and i think you got more than one i think there's other guys on this team that have that ceiling but this guy is a game changer and you put him out there reek woolen should have had a pick tonight jamal adams oh man i feel for that dude he was looking good i saw as soon as the knee went to the helmet i was like ah concussion he's gone like i gotcha but like he was look like there's some dudes starting to show up and this was the game i wanted to see this defense, as bad as it's been, 
Would anyone have been surprised? Would I don't care how many guys were out. Would you have been surprised if the Giants went out there and put up 20 points, 25 points? Daniel Jones completes some short passes. Running backs get some yards after the catch. Darren Waller makes a impact at tight end, and the Seahawks can't guard him. Would any of you have been really shocked if this defense that has been so terrible would have given up all those points? No. I don't think you would. And if, if you're saying you would have been, I think you're lying. Like, so this defense did what they're supposed to do. The only points they gave up were on a 55 yard field goal on the road on Monday night football. And when they needed the, the game was wild at the beginning of that game, all the different things that were happening, the defense asserted itself. They, they were the ones that made this game what it was. I feel like I got to pay attention to some of these uh, super chats. Michael Mathis, thank you for, uh, let's see if I can add this. Uh, he says, I'll save the spoon praises for you. Same for the 11 sacks as a team. I'll just say that this team theoretically should get better after the bye. Charles Cross will return. Our other starters will return or heal up two weeks rest. 100%, Michael. We'll talk about that in a second. Joshua can't Catrone. And by the way, I apologize for the folks that I missed on my rant um, that did super chat. Really appreciate it. He just says defensive rookie of the year. Hell yes, Joshua. That is, I think that is a good bet. That is a good bet at this point. And uh, let's hope it just builds and builds. Got another from Michael Mathis. Thank you again, Michael. I'll also add, he says, your reaction on draft day was 100% correct. We got a physical corner who beats the shit out of people. Is Pete vindicated with the Palomalu comparisons tonight? So, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that people need to understand. Pete's been he's been adding a little bit more to hit what he meant by that Paul, Troy Palomalu comparison. It isn't just that that he is like, and it, he anticipates, and that he reads defense, he reads offenses, and makes plays. Pete was talking about that Troy supports the run like he was a hitter he was a physical player on the field and he sees that in spoon as well and we just what did we just talk about i mean like that's this guy he he broke on balls he made plays he was a good tackler he, he physically has brought it in multiple games now um that's exciting it's exciting and i think he and Woolen playing together are just going to build. And folks, we're getting Trey Brown back. Tonight, I think Michael Jackson ended up doing all right because I think the Giants just didn't even test anybody, really. But I believe when you get Trey Brown with uh, Reek Woolen, with Devin Witherspoon, and Witherspoon can slide inside, and, and Trey Brown can play outside, don't forget, Trey Brown a couple weeks ago was pick-sixing and making some big, beautiful plays. I think that is a fantastic trio of corners. I think that's going to be something. And guess what, guys? Uh, I shouldn't just say guys. Everybody that's watching, one of the things that happened here is that the coverage was good enough that, it, that, the, that the pass rush was able to get more and more effective. Um, so... <sighs> I think better days are ahead. Artie Burns should be back. We hope, you know, he'll help, um, uh, on, on getting, um, on dime situations. And he gives another option there. Jamal's going to be back. <laughs> this is, 
it's probably a silly thing to say, but you know, um, at least there's a concussion. He'll be back. You know, they got the bye week and he'll be back. I, I you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say, man, I was a little worried he was going to get injured in this first game and be got out again. And like he did get injured in this game, but he'll be back. And, and he looked good. He looked good. He looked ready to play. So uh fluke injury. Let's not, let's not give Jamal any shit. I mean, that guy worked like crazy to get back. So I think we, we owe it to him to not give him shit. Um, Joshua Catrone again. Thank you, man. He super chat says Seattle outside of DK always bring wide receivers along slow. Don't worry about JSN. I think that's a great call out. I, I, I'm not worried about JSN folks. I, here, here, here's my call for you right now. What is it? It is October 2nd. JSN's done jack shit so far this year, right? Everyone's down on him. Everyone's like, oh, what's wrong? What's happening? Here's what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, JSN is going to have a game at least on this level that we saw from Devin Witherspoon, that we saw from Devin Witherspoon tonight. Let's say that again. JSN is going to have a game this year that's on the level of what Devin Witherspoon did tonight in New York. JSN's fine. He's going to be great. What's going on right now? You got five out of five offensive linemen starters either not playing or not playing the position that they're supposed to play. They're playing a different style of offense right now. They just are. And it'll be good later because they'll be able to be multiple. They'll be able to go to multiple tight ends. They'll be able to go to three receivers. They'll be able to go to Charbonnet and, and, and Walker. Um, but now's not JSN's time. It's just not. So like, it'll be fine. And guess what? He's going to be one of the guys toward the end of the season that we're like, oh, okay. It's happening. And maybe the maybe the bye week will help. Maybe he and uh, Gino spend some time together. But I'm not worried about JSN. It'll be fine. And that's not our biggest issue, folks. <laughs> like, if the worst case scenario is JSN is just not that big of an impact player this year and we just have to rely on good tight ends and good receivers outside of those guys and good running backs, like, there's worse problems to have, to be honest. But I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, so let me, uh, Jedediah Kizier. That is a fantastic name, man. And uh, I appreciate you giving me something to work on pronunciation-wise. Super Chats, and I appreciate this. He says, this team's a lot deeper than I thought. Love to see so many backups playing well. Bye week is huge. LFG. Hell yes, Jedediah. Yes. Uh, it... <laughs> this is why week one was such a punch in the gut because I mean, this like, I thought the defense could be good like this. I thought that the offense could be good. Not like it really was tonight, but like we've seen the last few weeks and every single player they acquired looked like crap. Draymond Jones looked like crap. Julian love looked like crap. Devin Witherspoon missed the game. You know, the offensive line, they lost both tackles. Like it was it was rough that week, man. It was really rough. But guess what? Julian Love has played two good games in a row. He's coming on. He looks like okay, now this is the player that I thought we were acquiring. He's looked solid. And he's a smart dude. So here's the thing with Julian Love. When he starts figuring it out, that makes me feel a lot better. He's starting to figure out how to play with Quandre, how to fit into spaces that's good Draymond Jones how many how many sacks did he end up with tonight I mean he was a difference maker he made plays in the run 
he made plays uh, as a pass rusher. He he came on tonight. So, I mean, I think everybody on the Seahawks defense had two sacks. He probably had two, I would bet. Draymond Jones, zero sacks. Zero sacks. That doesn't sound right. I could have sworn I saw him get in on some sacks tonight. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought Draymond Jones played well tonight. Um, Mario Edwards folks. I mean, no one's going to start. You know, I haven't started with Mario Edwards and I, I, I won't likely for most times this guy, <laughs> he's a top four interior pass rusher in the NFL coming into this week. And he had the strip sack that led to the first touchdown. So, uh, that's, I mean, he's, he's doing what we thought Draymond Jones would do to be honest. Uh, and ironically, Draymond Jones has a higher run defense grade than, than Mario Edwards and Mario Edwards is brought in mainly to be a run defender. So I don't know who cares as long as somebody is rusting the passer from the inside and being productive. Let's hope Jaron Reed is not too hurt. I hope they just took him out for safety reasons. Um, he had another solid game. And then, folks, we got to talk about the GOAT. We got to talk about the GOAT. I mean, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, admit it. If yeah, well, I won't even say it because there's so many homers here that 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 just like have unrealistic expe- expectations. Bobby Wagner's 33. He he has no business being as good at football as he is right now. His first game of the season this year, he had 18 tackles. He had 17 tackles tonight. Two sacks. He was he was great. He was a big part of like he's keeping big plays from happening. Um this may end up, we'll see. This may end up being one of Bobby's best seasons. I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but he doesn't have a lot of 18 tackle games in his career. Like he just doesn't. Um, so, Oh, there we go. I'm going to try to look real quick. Cause I'm curious. Uh, let's see. He had 14 tackles in a game last year. That was his high. He had, Oh, he had 20 tackles in a game in 2021 against the, the Titans. Um, so that's one, but Anyway, he's putting on a show um, and playing really well. So, look, this defense is looking like they're better. I I don't want anyone to mix this. Don't take this the wrong way. I don't want to be misquoted. I didn't say this defense is good or this defense is elite. They beat up on the Panthers and they beat up on the Giants. So what? Like, okay. But guess what? The Panthers put up 27 points and a bunch of yards. Giants didn't. That's a step forward. They did this on the road. They did this against a desperate team. And they, what a really bad defense does against a really bad offensive line is they look okay. The Seahawks dominated. How much, how many more sacks do you want to see than 11? Like you're not going to get many more, no matter how, bad the offensive line is or how bad the quarterback is so 
this was really positive, uh, really positive, fun, fun step. And man, it's just fun to feel like, okay, the Seahawks have reason to be optimistic. Um, and I think that's, that's just great. Um, all right. We've got another super chat. Uh, Joshua Catrone. Thank you again, Josh. Appreciate it. Joshua, I'll stick with your full name. I hope Clint hurt. will continue with this all caps aggressiveness, the soft coverage and lack of blitzing ended tonight. You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know about that. If you look at the Giants pass attempts and where they were on the field, Daniel Jones had two pass attempts of over 10 yards. So they were basically just in a turtle shell. And so I think the Seahawks were able to play and call a different defense than they normally would. So I wouldn't look too much into that. I think this was a unique game, unique situation. But I'm not arguing with the results, man. I'm not arguing with the results. Um, uh, <laughs> got another one from Michael Mathis and very much appreciate it. Michael's been one of our most generous super chatters. Always appreciate it. Last super chat of the night for him. He says, shout out to Nick Ballore for having a baby. Yes, absolutely. Who knew that what the Seahawks needed to be a good team is for Nick Ballore to have a baby. You know, this is, this is the, the, this is the, the chosen one born tonight. Thank you, uh, Nick Ballore. Uh, so that, that was that was great. I do want to, I'll take one moment to say, if you haven't given the show a like, please give the show a like. I appreciate it. Uh, I could be doing a bunch of other things. I'm here hopefully to help uh, us all have a good time and appreciate it. All you got to do is click the like button, click subscribe. Go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Join the community. Awesome community. Fun people, good people. It's different than Twitter. You don't have to deal with a bunch of bullshit. If anyone acts like a jerk, they're kicked out. We don't, I've only had to kick out one person in all the years because it's just a good crew talking about Seahawks all the time. Good analysis, you know, even when we're not there and you get to ask us questions and we've given away tickets to games. Patreon.com slash Hawkblogger. You join now and we've given away over $260,000 to charity over the years. So there's no reason not to join. You'll feel good doing it. You'll meet people. You'll get to talk about the Seahawks, make new friends, and support a good cause. So patreon.com slash hawkblogger. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the offense, folks. And I also, I'm going to have to wrap here in a little bit because I, I got to go to my other podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm crazy. It's just what happened. I, I, I overcommitted this year, but it, it's what's going on. So, um, I think we're going to get Charles Cross back after the bye. Abe Lucas will be a week after that. We'll find out. I have not, I have not looked at what has come on Twitter from Pete about, uh, let's see. Um, where I just want to check real quick on injuries. Jaron Reed got kicked in the shin, swelled up on him. It should be okay. Phil Haynes, sore calf, just didn't hold up. Okay. Darren, Damien Lewis twisted his ankle. Jaron Reed, not broken or anything. He'll be pretty sore, but he'll be all right. Geno Smith just twisted his knee. Okay. Looks like Seahawks came out of this okay. So this is what we're going to have, folks. I, I, we'll see what it, what it looks like in terms of tape. But now you've got, you're going to have Charles Cross coming back, which is huge. That immediately means that you can, if you want, you can either put Stone Forsyth at right tackle. You could play Jason Peters if you feel like he's ready. 
Um, but you still, you only have to help one side of the line at this point. So it changes what you need to do. You're going to be able to move Evan Brown back to center where he's been playing pretty well. You'll then have Phil Haynes and Anthony Bradford available at guard. And we'll see what happens with Damian Lewis, but you'll have him as well. So all of a sudden now you've got some depth there and some guys you can count on and you can start to play different different packages you can play different groupings so jsn can become more of a factor than he's been the tight ends can be a different kind of factor i think noah fant will, will surprise people in different ways when they're playing three receivers and he's the one tight end out there i think there's there's ways that that can can be a, a productive thing and i see you alana in chat now is not the time to talk about the Niners please no all caps none of this none of this negativity not tonight so please save it for another another time I'll ask you that's my one time I'll ask you but nobody wants to hear that tonight so um let's just talk about the Seahawks and be happy with what we've got don't worry about what other people have the Seahawks are one of the youngest teams in the NFL, like the third youngest team in the NFL. They have more players in their first or second year playing than pretty much any other team in the NFL. They are building faster than any other team. And that some of the teams that are being, the Seahawks are being compared to in the chat, they're all veterans. These are all players that have been in the league for four or five years and have been maybe longer in some cases. And they, they're they the best at what they do. And so that's what happens. Of course, you when you have, um, of course, when you have veterans that are very good at what they do, that they're going to be really good teams. The Seahawks are on a different path. This is a young team that's building. They had no business going to the playoffs last year, but they did it. And they now have what looks to be a second straight good draft class, maybe a very good draft class. Seahawks had what should have been the offensive and the defensive rookie of the year last year. I think there's a decent chance they're going to have the defensive rookie of the year this year. doesn't look like the offensive rookie of the year is going to happen again, but, but who knows times there's <laughs> still time, you know, CJ Stroud looks pretty darn good though. But anyway, so what we have to care about, and all we have to care about is are the Seahawks adding elite talent to this roster? Are they building on their foundation? And I think the answer right now looks like yes. And I think you can start to see no way. Did Mina really have her baby tonight? Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I thought I saw something online of her looking at the game with a baby. I, I, I flashed before my eyes. That's amazing. Oh man. Congrats to Mina Kimes if that's the case. That oh, she had it a few days ago. Okay, sorry. I'm uh I'm out of touch. But in any event, uh I'm very happy for Mina and I'll have to go congratulate her, send her a note. But um we have a guy that should have won defensive rookie of the year last year at one corner. We have the guy that hopefully will win defensive rookie of the year at the other corner. That's good. It's okay to just be happy about that and not be jealous of what other people have. That's good. Trey Brown, who's another young corner is going to be another part of that. That's good. Um, 
I think that that you know what we're seeing on the defensive line, Boye Mafe had his stre- second straight good week. He looked good tonight. He had a sack. You know, he played well against the run. Um so I think there's just things to be okay with. They're good things. Uchenna Nwosu had two sacks. He's been good. You extended him. He he's been a good player. And then offensively, like Zach Charbonnet continues to be a guy that I, I don't know about you guys. I find myself like I like Kenneth Walker. I really do. I'm happy he's on the team, but I'm like, can we get Charbonnet a few more carries? It's the exact opposite of how I was feeling in the preseason. I was like, uh, oh, maybe he's not as good as I thought he was. But this guy is, you give him the ball, he's going to hit the hole, and he's going to hit who's ever in front of him. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So I would love to see Charbonnet more. Um, and then, you know, Geno Smith didn't even play that well tonight. He was under pressure, all sorts of weird penalties, injury. He ends up with 110 yards, and you win 24-3. to three. That's how team. That's how good teams work, you know. You don't have to have everything working all the time, and the Seahawks didn't really have it working so much on offense tonight, but they managed and uh, they got the win. So, um, a couple other things, I guess I'll just call out. Uh, Jake Bobo had no catches tonight, but damn, did he have some good blocks? Oof, that guy's a brute. I, I love. I mean, he's a fun player to have on the team. Um. I'm trying to think of anything else that that jumped out at me, man. This was a weird game. I almost have to watch. I almost have to watch it again. I thought for sure Kenneth Walker's first touchdown, like first run, was going to be a touchdown. I still didn't see that elbow hit. Maybe his rear hit a tiny bit. Maybe that was it. But I, I thought that was going to be a touchdown. That was going to be amazing. Um, so many penalties. So many penalties that just like you go forward and then you come back that pass interference on lock it down. The field was big. And then there was a holding penalty that brought it back. And there's just a bunch of that crap that just made this a very uneven game. And it just felt like the whole time it was like a little bro, like a big brother that had a little brother by the, the neck. And it was just like holding them against the wall. The Seahawks, it felt like they never were really threatened by this team. Totally controlled the game. And it was just a matter of like, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself because they just kept making mistakes and, and hurting themselves. But otherwise, um, they dominated a team they should dominate. Um, and that's, that's a nice thing. And this team finishes the first quadrant, the first quarter. I know it's a 17 game season now, but the first quarter of the season, three and one after one of the most disappointing season opening games in Seahawks history, definitely in Pete Carroll's tenure. And that was just absolute trash. So um, this was fun. This was fun. I'm going to have to go back. I'll, I'll do some, some Sunday night stats. I think I'm sure everyone else has already beaten me to the punch because I'm doing these shows, but uh, uh, this was, <laughs> Thank God we go into the bye week this way, and let's hope let's hope that uh, the Seahawks go in and they'll play the Bengals, who are in. It's a very different looking game than it it looked when the season started. 
there's a very real chance for the Seahawks to go all the way to six and one, depending on how this plays out one week at a time and all that good stuff. But that's realistic. And that would be fantastic. So uh, I will say again, if you haven't already, give the show a like, please uh, click subscribe and then go over to patreon.com slash hawk blogger. Join now, join the community. You won't regret it. Get immediate access to the Slack channel and part, be part of the community and help support charity. It's all good stuff. So uh, absolutely appreciate everyone here. And I'm going to go, if people are asking me what other podcast, I do the Seahawks No Table on Mitch Levy's podcast. He asked me to join this year. I took over for Joe Fan, who was doing it last year. So Brady Henderson and I usually do it. I'm going to do it. Uh, Joe, Joe's moved on to other horizons and I agreed to do it. Honestly, I, when I first moved to Seattle, I used to listen to the Seahawks round table with Mitch on KJR on the way to work. It was my favorite show on the radio. And, uh, so it's kind of cool for me to be able to go back and, and be part of that show after all these years. So anyway, I appreciate all of you have fun, enjoy the win. Be nice to each other and uh, look at hawkblogger.com tomorrow morning for the morning after. It will be up as usual. So until then, have a great night. Go Hawks. Hey, folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the Tape morning after articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.